Welcome to the Valley Point Podcast in the series, Off the Fence. Our big idea today is get off the fence of can't be done. We're going to spend time in scripture as guest speaker Aaron Kohler helps us look at what Christ has to say about overcoming our past. Enjoy and thanks for listening. I want to begin today by sharing with you some of the greatest marketing or product failures of all time. Maybe you remember back a few years ago when Coke thought it was a good idea to change their flavor formula. They called it New Coke. It was terrible. It was a big fail. But the funny thing is, Pepsi didn't get the idea, so they tried to do the same thing, changed their formula and called it Crystal Pepsi, and it was worse. It was a total fail. How about Burger King? A few years ago, they tried to resurrect their old King mascot with a campaign called Wake Up With The King. Now, somewhere along the line, I can't believe somebody didn't look at that picture and think, man, that's creepy. Let's not do that. Or how about when Chevy tried to market their Chevy Nova in Mexico, not realizing that Nova actually in Spanish means no go. Not what you want your car to do. Or how about finally Kentucky Fried Chicken? They tried to market their phrase, finger licking good, in China, but that translates to mean eat your fingers off. (laughs) Again, a total fail, right? You know, sometimes failures can be funny, as long as there's somebody else's failures, right? But when it comes to our own, not so much. Well, I'm I'm extremely honored to be here with you today here at Valley Point Church and begin this brand new series called Off the Fence. Now, have you ever been on the fence in your life about something? You just couldn't decide what you should do or maybe what you should believe or where you should go. And there was enough evidence in your life to be on this side of the fence, or maybe there was enough evidence in your life to be on that side of the fence, but there you found yourself still stuck on the fence. And I think due to the failures that each of us have in our lives, we often find ourselves stuck on this fence. And then we assume that God just can't use us because of our failures, because of what we've done. And it just can't be done But through these next few moments, we're going to discover that not only is that not true, but that's the very thing that actually keeps us on the fence. If you've ever thought in your life or you've ever said out loud, hey, God could never use me. God can't use me because, and fill in the blank, then today is for you. And I'm glad that you joined us this morning. See, the truth is, we all have things in our past that we can look back at and we see that we failed And I believe that most of our personal failures are one of two kinds. First, they're the kinds where we've done wrong, where we messed up. It was our mistake. And maybe we messed up according to God's standards, or maybe we messed up according to society's standards. A second, there's the times where we've just not succeeded. When we failed to achieve what we or what someone else thought we should have achieved. And see, with this first kind of failure, when we've done wrong, where we were the ones at fault, it's really tough. Because for some of us, we've made bad decisions in the past and we're still paying for them today. Or maybe the repercussions of those decisions are coming to light. Or maybe we're afraid that they will come to light. And there we are, just stuck on the fence, living this life of fear and shame. And often we feel like 
God just can't use me because of what I've done. For others of us, maybe we said something. We said something to someone that we love, and although we didn't mean it, we still said it. And you can't unsay those types of things, and we just feel stuck on this fence because of that. But others of us, maybe there's a sexual thing in our past, and maybe that was a long time ago, but it feels like yesterday because it's just weighing us down. And we often think to ourselves, and there's no way that God could ever use me. God can't use me because of what I've done. God could never use someone like me. See, I believe that all of us, if we're honest, if we're completely honest, we all have things in our past that we failed at, and we, we just felt like we couldn't recover from those things spiritually. See, one of the greatest spiritual and political leaders of all time was a guy by the name of David, King David in the Bible. He was one of the greatest men that God ever used, and even he had a huge moral and relational failure. And after that failure, he said these words in Psalm 38, 4. He said, my guilt has overwhelmed me. It's overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. See, even the king of Israel... Even a guy that God used in unbelievable ways felt like he couldn't get off the fence of his past, of his failures. He felt like it just couldn't be done. And maybe you're here today, and his words are your words. And you too just have this overwhelming feeling of guilt because of your past. And if that's you today, today is a great day to get off the fence of believing that God can't use you. But there's also that other kind of failure where we didn't necessarily do something wrong. We just didn't do something right. We didn't do what we or what someone else kind of expected us to do. So we failed, right? We didn't necessarily do anything wrong. We just didn't do something right. And maybe you didn't get the grade that you or your teachers were kind of expecting you to get. Maybe you forgot an anniversary or a birthday, You didn't necessarily do anything wrong, but you certainly didn't get it right. And you didn't make that sale that your boss was counting counting on you for. Or you didn't make that play that your dad expected you to. You didn't come through for your child like they planned on you coming through for them. Maybe you didn't show up for a friend when they really needed you. See, we we all carry these past failures, times where we've done wrong, or maybe it was times where we just didn't achieve what we or what someone else thought we should have achieved. So today we want to speak to both kinds of those failures, the times where we messed up, where we have done wrong, and the times where we just didn't live up to somebody else's expectations. You know, back a few years ago, I heard this phrase that I really wanted to share with you today, and it goes like this. Every saint has a past, and every sinner has a future. Isn't that true? You know, but that's one thing to know that up here, and it's completely different to actually know that here. And if we're ever going to get off the fence and move towards the future that God wants for each and every one of us, we're going to need some help. So today we're going to look at three realities that will help us get off the fence of believing that God just can't use us because of our past. Are you ready? Here's reality number one. The first reality of getting off the fence is your biggest sins are not too big for God's grace. 
You know, I've met a lot of people in life and had a lot of conversations. And something that I hear over and over again from a lot of people is how many of them live their lives consumed with guilt. Guilt is not from God. Guilt never has been. The Apostle Paul, who wrote half of the New Testament, and a guy who had a past that he should feel guilty about, he said these words in 2 Corinthians. He said, Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. See, Paul is saying that if we have this lingering sense of guilt or something that we've been forgiven for, that's not actually from God. See, the truth is we have a very real enemy, who a spiritual enemy, who would love for nothing more for us to tread water in this ocean of guilt and regret because guilt paralyzes us. Guilt gets us thinking, man, I can never be used by God because of what I've done, the things that I've done, the decisions I've made in my past. I know that God could never use me because of those things. So why even bother? Why even try? And the more we stew in this guilt and regret, the more we begin to hate ourselves. See, the more I feel bad because I've done something or when I feel bad because I've done something wrong in the past and and that wrong or that bad feeling leads in a good direction, that's not actually guilt. That's something that's called conviction. And the conviction that we feel or we experience from God's spirit is different from regret because it doesn't paralyze us. It doesn't shut us down. It doesn't produce self-hatred in our lives. It leads in a different direction. It actually produces life change. In a letter that was written by one of Jesus' closest friends, a guy by the name of John, he said this, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and he will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. See, when I, when I hear that verse, he, here's what I think of. I, I've heard this verse a lot, but I think of this. This is, anybody know what this is? Anybody play with one of these as a kid? This is in Etch-A-Sketch or in Yorkville, Illinois, where Eric and I grew up. We call this an iPad. We're still <laughs> farm town. We're a little behind the times. But, but you know how it works. What you do is you get these two knobs and you kind of go back and forth and you can move this cursor in a different direction. You can move it left or right or up or down. You can draw these really cool and elaborate pictures. I've seen some people do. They're pretty amazing. And how it works is as you're doing this, at any point, if you make a mistake, if you mess up in any way, all you have to do is take this Etch-A-Sketch, give it a little shake, and just like that, the mistake you made is completely gone. And that's what John is saying God does in our lives. That's what he does with each and every one of us. He says that if we confess our failure to God, if we acknowledge it before him, if we repent, and repenting is a a changing of directions, it's a turning and going the other way. If we do that, then God wipes away our past. It's gone. It's history. It's over and out. Now, that doesn't mean in any way that God will always take away the consequences of our past or the things that we've done. I think sometimes we, and I I know I do this very often, I don't want God to set me free from the sin or the failure that I have as much as I want God to set me free from the consequences of what I've done. But Jesus didn't come into this world to set us free from our consequences. Jesus came into this world to set us free from sin. And that's what God does for us. So let me ask you, 
What failures do you feel like are still on your Etch-A-Sketch? Whatever they are, how little, how big they are, God promises that if we confess them to Him, if we bring those failures to Him, He'll shake up our lives and He'll remove the guilt. All of it. He'll forgive us from all that we've done. I've met a lot of people who have said things like, Aaron, man, I've done things that are way too big, that are way too serious for God just to take these things and wipe them away or remove them from my life because you have no idea what I've done in my past. And they're right. They're absolutely right. And I have no idea what they've done, and I have no idea what you've done in your past, but I do know this, that God says that anything we bring to him, he will cleanse it. He will forgive us from it. Not just some of it. Not most of it. Not the small things, the little white lies. Not even the medium-sized things. But God says he will forgive and cleanse us from all of it. God makes us whole. He brings about healing relationally, emotionally, spiritually. That's the first reality. There's no failure in our lives that's too big for God's grace. Here's the second reality of getting off the fence, of believing that God can't use us. And here it is. You are not what you've done. You are who God says you are. The things that you've done in the past, they don't define you. What you've done or what you haven't done, you are who God says you are. And who does God say that you are? I think you can look all throughout Scripture and see place after place of how valuable, describing how valuable you are to God. In the very first pages of the Bible, the very first chapter, from the very beginning, it says that God created us in His image. God made us to be like Him. You can move on a little further in the, New, or in the Old Testament. That guy David that we talked about just a few moments ago, he said that God chose us with a special purpose, with a special plan in His mind. He uniquely designed each and every one of us just the way that we are. Later in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul says that we are God's adopted sons. We are God's adopted daughters. You know what it means to be adopted? It means that we have a new familial standing. We have a new family. We have a new name. We have a new purpose. That's our identity. You are God's masterpiece. But see, the world... And Satan, they try really hard to get us to believe that our sins, that our failures, that they define us, that they are our identity. But there's a difference between failing and being a failure. See, remember the quote that we talked about just a few moments ago, every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. I love that statement. But even though the Bible acknowledges that Christ followers do sin, their identity is never that of a sinner. We're not known by our greatest faults or our biggest disappointments or our worst decisions. That sin or that failure that maybe you're thinking of right now, that doesn't define you. Jesus, God, defines you. And God went to great lengths to make you just the way that you are. I love these words from the Apostle Paul, again in 2 Corinthians. He says, anyone who belongs to Christ, he's become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. See, for you to be a new person, 
You're called by God to enter into a relationship with Jesus where he becomes the one that we look to for forgiveness, for hope, for direction, for everything that we get in life. And for that reality to become our reality, that's what we're called to do, to have a relationship with Jesus. And if you've never done that today, you've never begun a relationship with Jesus, I hope that you can do that today. See, there are things for me personally in my life that I know I've been through seasons where I've come face to face with failure, much like you. And for me, I think it's most often when I don't accomplish the things that I set out to accomplish. Like you, I set the bar pretty high in my life, and and that can be a good thing. That's what I go after. But there are times when I fail to meet that bar. I fail to get up to where I want to get to, and then I wrestle through these, these feelings of failure. Sometimes they're connected to my own perception of how I'm doing as a leader or a husband or a father. And it's easy to find things in these areas that can cause me to make me feel like a failure. But then I see that the Bible continually reminds me that though I may fail, I am not a failure. No matter how short I fall in life, failure is never my identity. And I'll tell you this. For me personally, the more that I'm connected to the one that I know loves me, the one who gives me this new life, the one who loves me the way that I am and not the way that I'm supposed to be or the way that I should be, that's when my failures fail to define me. I'm a new person in Christ because Christ made me new. And scripture reminds me that the same power that raised Christ from the dead gives me the ability to overcome. And that's what's true about me. That's my identity. That's who I am. And if you know Christ, if you have a relationship with him, that's the same thing that's true about you today too. I think the the quote that we just read should more accurately read, Every saint has a past and everyone who has sinned has a future. See, you're not what you've done. That doesn't define you. You're a new person. You are a new creation. That's the second reality. And finally, the third reality of getting off the fence of believing that God can't use us is this. You cannot change your past, but Jesus can change your future. That's a powerful truth, isn't it? And I think that's probably why the Old Testament prophet Isaiah said these words. He said, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Isn't it a sobering reality to know that what's in our past is in the past and there's nothing that we can do to change any of that? Maybe you lost a marriage and that was the hardest thing that you ever had to experience. And while our hearts certainly break for you today, There's nothing that we can do to change the past. Maybe you said something that you shouldn't have said or you did something that you shouldn't have done. There's still nothing we can do to change the past. Or maybe in your life somebody took advantage of you. And that was a tragedy beyond tragedy and painful beyond words. But there's nothing we can do to change the past. Though it wasn't your fault, there's still nothing we can do to change that. But keep this in mind. Every saint has a past, and everyone who has sinned has a future. I can't change what I've done. I can't change the past, what's happened back there, but we serve a good God with whom all things are possible. And he's working in all things, even the hard things, even the bad things, to bring about good to those who love him. So don't get caught on the fence. 
today of believing that God can't use us because of our past. I love what that same guy, Paul, said to a church in Philippi in the very first century. He said this. He said, I focus on this one thing. And then he goes on to list two things, which, which is funny. But he says, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. See, when Paul says forget the past, the word forget here is to treat with thoughtless inattention. It doesn't mean to have our memory erased to like a file that gets deleted on our computer. It means to stop opening that file, to give it no attention, to pay no mind to it at all. We've probably all been there. I think we've all been in a situation like that. Just, just recently for me, I, I had somebody who wronged me, said some things about me, and we had to get together, and we did pretty quickly, and we, we talked through it, and we worked it out, and forgiveness was offered, and forgiveness was accepted, and I think we left that room at a good place, but still, my natural instinct, every time I think of that situation, or especially when I see that person, it comes back to my mind. And I want to relive it. And I want to be angry again. And I want to be upset. And I want to be hurt again. But I have to keep reminding myself. And God has to keep reminding me, hey, the problem is dealt with. So stop opening that file. Stop it. Stop going back to it. So what about you here today? What failure is keeping you on the fence? What failure from your past do you need to start treating with thoughtless inattention? See, I believe that God wanted you here today to hear for the first time or maybe just be reminded of this message that your biggest sins are not too big for God's grace. That you are not what you have done, that you are who God says you are. And God says that you are a masterpiece. You're an adopted son or daughter of God and you cannot change the past, but Jesus can change your future. Which of those statements is God whispering to you right now? Which one has God whispering, hey, it's time to get off the fence. Your past choices don't have to keep you from making a future impact. So this morning, I just want to spend this next moment praying for you. And again, I don't know you, but I think if we're honest, we all know that we have things in our past that have often kept us from being used by God. And I just want to spend a moment praying for you as you work through and think through these things and how God can use you in a very special way. Will you pray with me today? God, you know that each of us have, has times in our lives where we failed, where we failed you, where we failed ourselves, where we've failed to meet the expectations that others have on us. For some of us, God, it's not so much our failures, but it's the burdens that have weighed us down with guilt. And God, I pray for those who are sitting in this room right now that you will work on each situation. You know exactly where each of us is. We know where we are in our lives. And God, I pray that these three truths that we talked about today, these three realities will be real in our lives and we'll remember them and we'll take them away. And maybe it's about just realizing, being reminded again that we are your masterpiece, that you have a special plan for us. God, thank you for this reminder today. I pray for these next few moments as we continue to worship you, that you'll accept our worship of you this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. 
thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 or 11 a.m.